Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sports Professor Rick Haro, and welcome to Beyond the Scoreboard, a show that goes way beyond the $1.3 trillion business of sports deal-making Marketing, man, after the Super Bowl, how about some of that marketing at a lot of different levels? We'll get into that as well as philanthropy, other issues, law, politics, everything that you don't see in a box score, you see here. If you want the collection of the 15 to watch sports tech power of sports five, you got it here at Ricaro, NBCWashington.com. Wherever fine content is, Google Play, Audio Boom, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iTunes and the like. Let's get right into it. There's a whole lot to get into. Patrick Mahomes, by the way, obviously, he captured the NFL MVP award. He doesn't turn 25 until September. His likely longevity and the youth of many of the Chiefs stars are the main reason the Chiefs could be starting a string of Super Bowl appearances. They'll now experience a new chapter in its community brand, that is Kansas City, one much more prestigious than the footnote of appearing and getting beat in the very first Super Bowl game 54 years ago. And look for local businesses, such as respected international architecture firm Populous and greeting card giant Hallmark, to, to capitalize. Also in line to cash in, Mahomes himself, as his rookie deal ends. Mahomes is eligible for a contract extension this offseason. Likely see him land the NFL's first $200 million contract and emerge as the league's highest paid player. Whatever the deal... Agent Lee Steinberg, not that fictional steak farm hack we keep seeing. Whatever Lee negotiates, it's a price the Chiefs should be willing to pay to continue their quest for more championships and an international elevation of their brand. And speaking of the brand, an exciting event that I'm involved in this week, HSBC and I presented the first sport business 50 Lessons in Leadership from Legends of the Game. Held at the University of Miami, it featured panelists including Dolphins Vice Chairman Tom Garfinkel, NFL Hall of Fame President and CEO David Baker, Rye CEO Diane Billings-Burford. The Lessons and Leadership Series draws on contributors from my latest book, Sport Business Handbook, Insights from 100-plus Leaders Who Shaped 50 Years of the Industry. The collaboration between HSBC and, and me kicks off in Miami, focusing on the greatest moments in South Florida sports history and how technology and innovation disrupted the industry. Always looking for new and interesting ways to connect with our clients and support their personal and professional growth, said Michael Rogan, the head of corporate and strategic partners, retail banking and wealth management of HSBC USA. Collaborating with Rick on the launch of his new book provides us with an exclusive platform to share insights, perspectives, and solutions from luminaries in the sports industry that'll help support the long-term business success of clients and projects. I'm really excited about this. We had the academic debut of the book last year, now the commercial and consumer side, and we'll share the top greatest moments next week. Will the NFL and philanthropy really big 30 charitable activities and community outreach events were on deck ahead of Super Bowl 54. 
the big game in Miami, served as the conclusion of the NFL season-long Huddle for 100 initiative, encouraged people to donate 100 minutes of their time in honor of the NFL's 100th season, totaling 100 million minutes. The goal the league surpassed in November. Super Bowl week activities include the announcement of the NFL Man of the Year, Play 60 Kids Days, Super Bowl legacy grants, and even though the NFL season now drawn to a close, the league's tradition of giving back and making positive impact in communities continues throughout the year. Frankly, one of the best interviews we've ever done, and person I consider to be a friend, Curtis Martin, Hall of Fame inductee in 2012, Pat's third-round draft pick in 95. How did that turn out? He played for them through 97, and the Jets 98 through 2005. He only gained 14,101 yards and 100 total touchdowns. How about that? But maybe more important, the Curtis Martin Job Foundation. In 2013, he consulted with Steve Ross and in the creation, ultimately, of his RISE organization. And I got to know Curtis, where Dan Towers, a friend in Group 1001 and GameBridge CEO and founder, worked on Fields and Futures in Oklahoma City and then Cal Ripken Senior Foundation, putting fields all over the country, including one in Pittsburgh, which will be created and honored on behalf of Curtis Martin. Can't think of anybody better to talk about life philanthropy, NFL, and what it means to give back. Ricardo, absolutely honored to be joined by Hall of Fame football player and Hall of Fame philanthropist Curtis Martin. City Hall announcing the new field that he's aligned with Dan Towers Group 1001 and the Ripken Foundation to do in his hometown. Curtis, thank you very much for being here. Really, really appreciate it. Well, we took a tour of your home area of Homewood, and we are amazed at the changes that this field will help develop, but also describe what it was like growing up in that neighborhood and, uh, and uh, you know, being Curtis Martin growing up at home. Well, um, look, I, I don't think my experience was any different than anyone else growing up there. Uh, I, I think we've all had to deal with a certain amount of violence that uh, is somewhat known uh, in that area. Uh, just to give a little background, uh, my grandmother, who was like my mother, who lived in that area, we found her murdered uh, with a knife in her chest and eyes wide open and a broken neck and everything. When you were how old? Nine years old. Uh, since then, I probably had uh, 35 to 40 friends or family members that have not just died, but have been murdered. Um, last year, I was there, and I was visiting this house uh, of a family that I used to stay at a lot when I was younger. And I decided that since I had my three and five-year-old girls with me and my wife, that I would take them by the field to show them where daddy used to play football when he was younger. Uh, we rode up there. I ended up getting out of the car, shaking some hands, uh, signed a couple of autographs, had good conversation with a few people, stayed for maybe 10, 15 minutes. When I left, I got a text that said a little girl had just got shot in the head and shot in the foot. And the one thing that struck me was that it's been like this since I was a kid, and which is almost four decades ago. And I just wanted to start the process of bringing some type of safety to that environment so that kids could go out there and play a game of football and not have to worry about returning home safe. 
Well, and your mom had a lot to do with where you are today, clearly. Yep. She encouraged you to play football, even though you may not have been that excited about playing football early on. Tell that story. Well, I, I didn't want to play football. <laughs> um, the head coach, who was also the gym teacher at the school I went to, Taylor Autodice, had asked me to play every year. And I told him, no, I just don't, I don't feel like rolling around in the dirt with other men. You know, that was my uh, comment about football. Yeah. Uh, well, at the same time, my childhood best friend, someone mistaken identity, jumped out of a car with a shotgun and shot him in his chest. And he ran about 50 yards and collapsed and died. My mother came to me and said, listen, I'm just grateful that you're alive. You know, my mother's been killed. My sister's been killed. My brother uh, is in jail. If something happens to you, they might as well kill me also. That was her remarks. And she said, I want you to do anything after school just so that you're not in the neighborhood, hanging out in the neighborhood. Football was just the thing that came most natural, so I reluctantly did. Go to Pitt, injured a lot, yes. still one of nine running backs drafted eight before you, as I think I understand. Nine so, before me. Nine before you. Oh, sorry, yes. or ten. And so you made the decision to leave, obviously, before that college. Uh, and Bill Parcells said some interesting things to you as well, so tell that story. Well, from what I understand, the story goes that I was injured so much during my collegiate career that it was highly unlikely that I would ever even play in the NFL. If I did make it to the NFL, the chances of me surviving there were slim to none. Um, well, I think a large part of that was because I didn't take football serious. So it wasn't until my junior year, I believe, that I started really lifting weights. I mean, I was a knucklehead in college, I'll be very honest. And so um, once I got drafted, I remember telling my family members and everyone who was there um, that I didn't want to play football. And one guy said to me, he said, well, Curtis, maybe football is just a vehicle that's going to help you to do all the good that you want to do in your community and, you know, in the country and around the world, possibly. So maybe football is just that vehicle. And it was from that moment on that football took on a different purpose. And it gave me that motivation to work hard, to lift weights, to do everything that I needed to do to be successful in the field. You also realize that your uh, admonition against rolling around with other guys in the dirt is only relevant if they could catch you. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of, one of the things that I realized is that I always had an ability to uh, escape with my feet. You know, yeah. now, in the hood, I was escaping from different things, which made football seem kind of easy for me. And, and uh, you know, again, if you would take the purpose that football served for me, I think I would have walked away from the game that very moment. So, because it didn't, the, the, the fame, the fortune, and all that, it, it didn't mean enough for me for me to put my all into the game. But as a platform, it meant a lot to put your all in. Yes. So now you take your platform to New England and you do what you need to do, which is star. But you're known as someone with the Patriots who would do anything to empower kids and to do the right thing. Story is that you would show up at kids' birthday parties and on and on. Why was that so important to you? You had to um, excel as a professional, but you also had to give back. Was there a balance? Um, yes, I, I definitely think there's a balance because you can't do everything that someone requests for you to do. But for me, I try to treat every fan, every person that I interact with as though they're the only person 
that matters for that moment. And a little boy came up to me after one of the practices my rookie year. He said, hey, Curtis Martin, can you sign this? And I signed it. He said, by the way, I have an invitation to my birthday party that's next week or so. And I'd love for you to come, and I want to invite you. And he gives me the invitation. And I looked at him, and I said, well, you know what, buddy? If I can make it, I'll be there. And uh, the week came around, and I was just like, you know what? I'm actually free. And I gave that little guy my word, so let me go. And I went, and it was just a big blast for him. You've actually, over the last hour or two, actually really even been nice to me, which I find hard to believe. <laughs> and it may be an incredible lapse of judgment. That's, that's your call. Well, well, you, you know, uh, I'm just trying to take it easy. Right <laughs> <laughs> there it is, ladies and gentlemen. But it's early in our relationship. I can guarantee yeah. you that. So here's the question. 14,101 rushing yards, 3,329 receiving yards, five Pro Bowls, and obviously the Hall of Fame in 2012. But the Bart Starr Man of the Year and the Ed Block Courage Award 2001, those latter awards probably mean uh, as much, if not more, to you than the numbers. Yes, yes. Um, I'll, I'll tell you this, what they all mean to me, yeah. including the Hall of Fame, including going to the Super Bowl, all of those things, what they all mean to me is that doing what I really enjoy, enjoy doing, what really makes my heart sing is impacting people's lives in a positive way. So for me, every yard that I gained, every touchdown I scored, that just opened up another door for me to reach another person. And so for me, all of that stuff is... I wouldn't say proof because I already know it, but it shows how adamant I was about using football as a vehicle to serve what I believe is a bigger purpose. So let's talk about those platforms. Curtis Martin Job Foundation, talk about it. The Job Foundation, um, it was formed because I grew up with a single parent mother who struggled to just keep clothes on my back and food on the table. Uh, you know, I tell a story about when I was seven years old, you know, I had six and seven years old, I had to stay in the house by myself till nine or 10 o'clock at night because we couldn't afford a babysitter. And so what I started doing was I would come home from school and on my way home, I would carry groceries or I would knock on someone's door and ask that I shovel their snow or rake their leaves. And by the time I got home, I had, you know, three or four dollars and I would use that to pay my babysitter. And um, so I wanted to start something that could help single parent mothers. And that was how the Job Foundation started. Job Foundation, really important, continuing and ongoing. Surgicorp, talk about that. Surgicorp is another group that was supported by Job Foundation. And what they do is they go to third world countries and they do surgeries for free. I mean, they'll stay there for two days and do, you know, 60 some surgeries and maybe even more. But some of the photos and some of the lives that are being changed through Surgicorp is just Amazing. I actually even, you know, I had partnered with Mayor Bloomberg in 2006 uh, for homelessness in New York City. Um, uh, so we, we do a, a variety of things. I've funded my foundation by myself. Every check that I've ever received from the time I was a rookie, I put 12 to 15 percent into this foundation. Now I do 20 to 25 percent. My goal is to live off of half of what I make and give the other half to so the other piece that we're here for today is the announcement of the field in your growing up community with Dan Towers, the CEO of Group 1001, and the Cal Ripken Senior Foundation. Tell us a little bit about that and how you feel about that. Well, what's interesting, and, and I'm very grateful to these guys because, you know, um, there were times when 
I wanted to do things before I got into the NFL where, you know, these, these are desires, just like, wow, I wish I could change this or I wish I could help in this situation. Well, now, like I said, through using football as a platform, I was able to get on the phone with Dan and say, Dan, listen, I, I was just here. This little girl got shot. I have to do something about it. You know, um, can we work on this together? Dan said, sure, Curtis, let me make some calls. And we all got together and here we are right now um, in the process of getting ready to build a new field there. And look, it's not the answer to everything, but for me, I just wanted to start doing something. I don't like to keep talking about things and not doing anything. So this is just a start. Uh, Charles Barkley and others say they're not role models. We know that's not necessarily the case, but your foundation is a little bit different because a lot of guys will take money, pay a foundation administrator, take a piece, then find out what worthy causes might look good. Now you're in the opposite direction. Yeah, well for me, it's really important to keep my nose to the ground so I can understand what's going on. And I want to be a part of that change. I, I want to put up my money where my mouth is. I, I want to be interacting. I want to interact with the people. Um, um, I don't want to just blindly give money to people who I don't know if it's going to the places that it needs to, needs to go to. So this way, um, I know that things are getting done and um, going in the right places. You're 45 right now. What are you doing with the final two-thirds of your life? Uh, more of what I've been doing. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm doing really well. I'm one of the fortunate ones who was able to retire and have a great post-business career. And so, as I said, now my goal in life is to, I'll spend the rest of my life trying to serve people and help people uh, in any way that I can. And I, I think being able to use my influence, my resources, my relationships, as well as the finances that I've been able to, uh, you know, gain over a number of years. Um, these are all the different components you need to help impact lives, and I'll do that for the rest of my life. And you're watching football on a regular basis, I'm sure. You have access to all the NFL guys, owners, and others. Uh, give me your top-line perspective. Is football, is the NFL moving in the right direction? If you had a magic wand, what would you change? Would you kind of be happy with where we are, or uh, would you inspire some changes in certain areas? Well, the one area, um, I think the NFL has done great as a business. Uh, the one area that I would like to see some improvement on is the uh, relationships between the union and the league, the players and the owners, however you phrase it, but that relationship, because in the future, I believe that there needs to be a partnership. And without a partnership, you know, it concerns me about the direction of the game, because I think we all need to work together to utilize this stage that we all have to do a whole lot of good. And I don't want us to diminish all that we can do do through the game of football. I think football has been good to all of us who have played the game, and I think we've been good to the game. Uh, but I think there needs to be a collective effort going forward to really make a difference in the world. And football is the stage that can do that. And then finally, related to that, you said a few times that football has, in large part, saved your life. What is it about the power of sports that would and will inspire people to do great by doing good? Yeah, uh, well, again, I think the power of sports is that people love sports. And the NFL is the most watched sport in the world other than worldwide soccer, you know. Um, uh, 
And so, you know, I've spoken to a lot of the guys. I mean, I've spoken to Roger Goodell, and I know that he really wants to do a lot in communities. I know that they really want to use football as a vehicle also. Um, and I really just want to see this continue to grow. And, and the reason why I think the partnership is important is because I think that's the only way that it will grow. One of the other things that's really important, other, other than it being a huge platform for all of us who are involved in this game, whether you're an executive or a player, I think that football can be more than just a huge stage. I think football can be an element of change, uh, not just in communities, but in the lives of the players. I know for me, football was almost like a second parent. It taught me a lot of things that my parents couldn't teach me or didn't even know to teach me. It taught me how to be disciplined. It taught me how to work hard. It taught me how to stay focused. It taught me how to care about my teammates and care about others. There are a lot of life lessons that are very valuable to every man that steps out on that field. And I believe that the NFL, like I say, it goes beyond uh, the stage that it is. And it's the impact that it can have on the individuals, and hopefully that impact can be expressed uh, in the community and in the country. Curtis Martin, as good as it gets. Be back right after this. Well, NFL really big. We look forward to the beginning of the XFL. We look forward to the completion of SoFi Stadium, that 298-acre Hollywood Park development surrounding the stadium, which will take longer to complete. But it is a historic Stadium design, the roof, and otherwise, everybody confident about the timeline, and it's 85% complete. We'll look for that to be a big story, and then the NFL cycle never sleeps, the draft, the combine, and on and on and on. But let's talk about baseball for a few minutes. Pitchers and catchers itching to report. U.S. House of Representatives resolution targets minor league contraction, and two weeks before major league pitchers and catchers report, A group of U.S. representatives led by Laurie Trahan introduced a resolution imploring MLB to abandon its proposal to strip minor league, major league affiliation from 42 minor league teams across the country. The bipartisan legislation, according to the Boston Globe, an outgrowth of Save Minor League Baseball Task Force formed late last year. The measure non-binding, but after being assigned to a committee, the sponsor's goal will be to bring the measure to the floor of the chamber for a full house, house vote. And approval is not guaranteed, but the bipartisan support suggests passage would be more likely than not an outcome that could stiffen headwinds MLB already facing in its talks with minor league baseball over a new working agreement. And as the baseball season inches closer to the 2020 elections that heat up, look for more candidates nationwide to come out in support of minor league baseball and what it means to our communities. Speaking of what it means to a community. How about A-Rod? He joins the company as chairman of Presidente USA, the iconic Dominican Pilsner Presidente beer, and Anheuser-Busch. Growing up as a Dominican-American in the U.S., Presidente not only a, a beer, but a part of our community. Connected my parents to their home and part of every major community event, big or small, said A-Rod. Truly an honor to get behind a brand with such a deep connection to my heritage and culture and help build its future. As chairman of Presidente USA, Rodriguez will help grow the Presidente brand presence in the U.S. in 2020 and beyond, including the release of new products and materials. 
Rodriguez's fiance and Pepsi Super Bowl halftime performer Jennifer Lopez, in the minds of many viewers, even bigger star on Super Bowl Sunday than the victorious Chiefs. And with every international deal, A-Rod and Lopez cement their reputation as the leading power couple in sports and entertainment. Let's go to golf. The World Golf Group Events Organization unveiled plans for a new 18-event global tour featuring a $240 million prize uh, fund. The PGL, Premier Global League, scheduled to launch in January 2022, eight-month season, 10 U.S.-based events. New York-based merchant bank The Rain Group is backing the new series as it aims to shake up the golf landscape. That group willing to work with the PGA Tour and European Tour, but golf's premier tours have dismissed the concept. Yeah, we've heard it before, but it'll be fairly interesting to watch as the whole concept unfolds. Finally, in the golf world, the PGA Tour announced the tour and its tournament surpassed the $3 billion in all-time charitable giving. It includes a record $204 million in 19 to bring the all-time total to over $3 billion. This includes the PGA Tour Canada, the Champions, the regular tour Latino America, and China. Truly a pleasure to thank our fans, sponsors, tournaments, volunteers to impact millions of lives through charity, said Jay Monahan, the commissioner. Together, we look forward to continuing to reach and celebrate millions more. An impressive number, as the winners take just announced for the 2020 Players' Championship, boosted the purse to $15 million in total and restored it to its position as the richest purse in golf. The 2020 winner will take home $2.7 million, up from $2.25 million for the 19 event won by Rory McIlroy. And then finally, and probably a good topic to end on for a business show, because everybody makes more money. New report predicts that sports sponsorship spending will increase the most it has in a decade. Predicted to be about $48.4 billion this year, up 5%, according to a new report from marketing intelligence firm WARC. The 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo expected to garner about $6 billion in sponsorship dollars, about $2 billion coming from Olympic partners, including Coca-Cola, P&G, and others. The report also predicts local sponsors in Japan will spend over $3 billion, four times the investment spent during Rio. The report also forecasts that brand investment in esports will total about $795 million this year, up 23%. $584 million going to sponsorships, $211 million to ad breaks. Further, NBC projects that Summer Olympics in Tokyo surpassed the record spending of $1.2 billion in TV commercials it sold during 2016 in Rio. And the network, as we know, has already booked a billion in ad revenue commitments. The game's still five months away. They're doing well. We're all doing well. Super Bowl over, onward and upward to the next events. Thank you, Curtis Martin, for giving us perspective. Thank you all for listening and watching. And join us next week when we go Beyond the Scoreboard. <laughs>